Welcome once again, everyone. This is Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie. This edition of Ask, we're going to talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear about that? So stay tuned. Welcome again. Um, this is where you ask questions. I answer them. So uh, go to our website, cornerstonebv.org. Media it drops down, ask, hit it. Put your question and leave your name. Don't leave your name. We need your questions for this show to be effective. If you have it, other people do too, right? Of course. Maybe not, but that's okay. All right. So the first one, as I teased out, uh, is about a controversial figure, uh, Mr. Donald Trump, uh, the uh, president for four years until was beaten in this last election. You probably knew that. Here's the question. This question might ruffle some feathers. Ooh. Um, during Jesus' time on earth, organized religion seemed very politicized, i.e., the Pharisees. Fast forward to current times. Organized religion seems to be politicized, i.e., Donald Trump. I get the impression, at times, if you are against Mr. Trump, then you are not a Christian. What is our church's stance on politics and or Mr. Trump? So, uh, first of all, let's just deal with Jesus. First of all, politics are always part of the world. I mean, it's every country ever, like, depending on what government you have set up, there's always a hot button issue. It always has been. Because politics is about influence and power and who gets to make decisions. And so, people care about that, right? Uh, people want power or they want someone who's in power that agrees with them. So there you go. Now, Jesus Day, very political. It was under the regime of Rome. And, and of course, so everything was very political, very similar to the United States, right? And, um, um, but religiously speaking, the Pharisees were not very political, uh, except for the fact that they hated Rome and they wanted the Messiah to come, well, did they, in their, on their terms, to overthrow Rome. Um, the Pharisees were just zealous about protecting the law, the Mosaic law. And so that's where they were born. And it was actually a good start. Like the Pharisees were for a good reason. And the, the, Jew, the Jews had forgotten the law for so long that the Pharisees were like, this is not going to happen again. And so they were going to protect the law, which is a good thing, except they began to make extra rules to protect the law, which we would call, we would call legalism. Um, and so that's why they were always fighting with Jesus. It had nothing to do with politics uh, for, for the Pharisees. It had everything to do with Jesus saying, no, 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 no. Your ideas about the Sabbath are not in the law. You, you don't need to do that. And they, they did not like Jesus' take on that, right? And, and, and other subjects as well. Now, the Sadducees, which you see in the Bible as well, uh, a little bit different. They were very political. They were very liberal theologically. They didn't care a whole lot about the law, to be honest. They cared about their influence um, with Herod and with, with the Roman government in their area. And, and so uh, that's why you don't see them fighting with Jesus as much because Jesus didn't get really all that involved with politics until uh, towards the end when it was clear that Jesus' influence was sort of threatening certain Roman issues and powers. And now the Sadducees kind of aligned with the Pharisees. Usually they were very much against each other. Um, now, uh, getting back to Trump, Mr. Trump, you, you uh, um, asked about, and now that we're a year pretty much out from, right, or more from the election, maybe we can breathe a little bit and kind of look at what happened and, and maybe learn from it a little bit, or at least how I would, I would look. What, how should a Christian think about an election like that? Because we'll probably have another one in three years. Whether Trump's involved or not, it, we'll probably have another one. It'll be very, very controversial and people will get angry and all that. Um, so it, it, I, I want to just kind of address one thing. It, it, maybe your perspective is that you couldn't be a Christian and not vote for Trump, but that's not true. The church was very much divided. There were some very prominent evangelicals who came out against Trump, probably John Piper being the most prominent one. 
um, actually didn't just say, hey, I'm going to sit this one out. Some did that and said, we're about the gospel. We're not, vote for who you want. We're not going to talk about it. Um, kind of how I took, take, sort of the take that I, approach I took. Uh, but uh, he actually came out and said, you shouldn't vote for Trump because of his character. And he took a lot of, a lot of people were in support, a lot of people were against. So it, it really wasn't just this whole, you have to vote for Trump or you're not a Christian. That really wasn't the case, um, depending on where you were and who was influencing you. For me personally, you had four options, right? I like to break it down that way. One, you cannot vote. I don't like that option. You're free to do it. I don't think it's sinful. Some people sat it out, said I'm not voting at all, at least for the president. I'll vote for other things, but I'm not going to vote for the president because I don't like either candidate. Um, I don't like that. I like. I think we have the freedom to do it. I think it's sort of our right and privilege to, to vote. Even if we have to swallow hard and do it, we do it. Um, second option um, was a third party. You could vote for someone uh, who had no shot at getting elected, of course. That's the problem. We're a two-party system right now. I wish we were a third-party system, uh, or four or five, but Let's be honest, if you voted for someone like that, you're throwing your vote away. Now, one could argue if you live in Massachusetts, which I do, that you're throwing your vote away anyway because the Democrat is gonna win. That wasn't an ever in question. And so you could go third party, still voting, feel like you're voting more with your conscience, right? Third option, of course, vote for Joe Biden. The argument for Joe Biden was um, that he seems to be a kinder, uh, better person than Donald Trump. I personally would beg to differ. I think uh, both of them have different scars on their record, um, as so do I and so do you. Uh, Joe Biden has a lot of things in his history that one could look at as a Christian and say, ugh, right? And so both have just different ways of coming across, of course. Donald Trump is a little bit ruder and uh, comes more brash, but Joe Biden has his scars as well. Um, lastly, you could vote for Donald Trump. The argument here uh, for it as a Christian is these far more in line with, um, you know, the, the policies that we, you know, on sexuality, gender, abortion, things like that, that we would say we agree with. Um, the argument against, like Piper's argument, was his character. He was clearly a narcissist. I don't think that's hard to... I think that's hard to argue against. Um, and he is a guy hard to root for as a Christian, if you're gonna be honest, right? He, he, he definitely can demean people and, and come across as brash and narcissistic, okay? So what did I do? I did decide number four, to vote for Donald Trump. Couple of reasons. Again, I think this is a matter of conscience, like we talked about last week uh, in our episode. It, it, I decided of third party, it'd be great. I was throwing away my vote. I'm gonna vote. Um, I believe that again, as a Christian, um, and I think that bore itself out as he was responsible for a lot of change in the Supreme Court, which is the only reason we have any hope right now of having a case uh, turn abortion away. And I think it's worth kind of voting for someone who's I don't like personally, and I don't really know him personally, but his character, but saying, hey, Maybe we have a chance to turn away the killing of millions of children. Uh, I'm gonna take that shot personally, okay? Um, and other policies as well, that as a Christian, I would align with him. I wish it was an amazing Christian and had those policies. I would vote for that person over Trump. That didn't exist, right? I can't live in a fancy, fanciful world, neither can you. So I also would suggest this. I tend to lean more conservative, not necessarily just in policy. I want less government because I believe that's best for people. Um, it was never meant to be that the government takes care of people. That was always the church's job. 
As a Christian, that's how I look at it. If you don't believe me, look at the names of most hospitals, orphanages, right? They all have saint in them or Baptist in them or Presbyterian in them. You know why? Because it was always Christians that went towards the sick, always Christians that went towards the poor, the orphan, the widow, because we're commanded to do so. So on one hand, we let the government step into a place where they shouldn't, and we as a church perhaps failed and stopped stepping into places where we should. So for me, I vote for policies that reduce government because they're all corrupt, whatever side of the aisle. They're looking for power, they're looking for influence, right? Whereas if we get less of it, and then the church can step in and do what God has ordained us to do, far better than any government organization. Again. I'm not telling you to vote that way. I'm just saying that's how I look at it in my, uh, as I voted in the last election and probably will in the next one. I'm praying for a candidate that I can feel good about character and policy. It's a good chance that won't happen. We'll see. All right, one more question. That took a while, so I'm just going to give it a few. This one says, are we as Christians to have great fun or great joy in our lives? How about in church? Fun, joy, fun, joy. I love that. Usually we, we compare happiness, but here we compare fun. Should a Christian have fun, right? And, and I, I think, I know that the Bible in the New Testament talks in the Old, but really the New, we're talking about the New Testament as a Christian. It's pursuing joy. Right? And we talk about this a lot. Right? Joy is rooted in eternal things. It doesn't waver based on our circumstances and our happiness. Right? It, you have joy whether you have zero in the bank or a billion in the bank. You have joy whether you're sick or whether you're very healthy. You have joy whether you're married or single, divorced, widowed. You have joy. You might not feel happy about your circumstance. And right now you might not be having a whole lot of fun with your circumstances. But joy for the Christian is rooted in Christ. It's rooted in the eternal things that the temporary things will one day be gone. And so we keep that perspective. And so we should pursue joy, right? That's what Christ said to do. Now, does that mean you're not allowed to have fun? Of course not. Nobody likes someone who doesn't ever want to have fun. I truly believe Jesus had fun whenever possible. How do I know this? Children loved him. Who do children love? people who are fun. They don't love no fun people. And so I think Jesus laughed a lot. I think he had great fun, never in a sinful way. So of course a Christian can't pursue fun uh, that, that's sinful. But also enjoy whenever you can the life that God has given you. Have fun, of course, but that's just not the end pursuit of your life. It should always be joy because that's eternal. And fun will come and fun will go, but your joy will always last, all right? That's been it. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Ask your questions, cornerstonebv.org, and also come see us at one of our three gatherings, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 11. See you there.